This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest podcast on the Blood Red channel, which is mainly to do with a player who continues to be linked with a move to Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp finds himself in the enviable position of not having to do too much tinkering to a squad that won the club's sixth European Cup. That's why reports connecting Liverpool to the likes of Matthias Delete and Nicola Pepe have so far been played down. But one name that refuses to go away is that of Bruno Fernandes. After scoring 31 goals for Sporting Lisbon last season, the Portugal midfielder has also been linked with Manchester City, Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur but if the bookies are to be believed Liverpool are the favourites to sign the 24 year old now the word coming out of Anfield is that the club will not be spending big this summer but it was only a year ago that Jurgen Klopp was attempting to boost his attacking midfield options with the signing of Nabil Fakir and if there is one area you could suggest Liverpool could improve on it's the amount of goals they score from the middle of the park although the return of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain should help with that but the special guest of this podcast Alex Goncalves believes Liverpool will be wise to follow up their reported interest in Bruno Fernandes. Alex is a Portuguese football expert and the creator of the Tugascout.com website and I picked up the phone to Alex to talk Bruno Fernandes as well as the Benfica rookie who has also been linked with a move to Liverpool, João Felix, plus the future of Rafael Camacho. Thanks for joining me and if you get a chance to subscribe to the Blood Red podcast channel that would be gratefully appreciated as it helps us reach even more Liverpool fans. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, Alex. First and foremost, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Good stuff, mate. Well, you know, regular listeners will probably remember that we spoke ahead of uh, the quarterfinal tie with Porto back in April. Liverpool obviously progressed over those two legs before coming back from the dead to beat Barcelona in the semi-finals and then beating Tottenham in the final. From your money, your perspective, were they worthy Champions League winners in the end? Of course, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it, really. I mean, especially that comeback in, it, against Barcelona. I mean, that kind of summed it up. If, you, if you're able to do that, then, then you, you're worthy winners. No doubt. And uh, number six is in the bag. And, and given the fact that Liverpool are very much back at the top table of European football, it does lead to a lot of speculation about which players want to sign for the club. And, and one name in particular so far this summer, that has, isn't really going away, is, is that of Bruno Fernandes, the Sporting Lisbon and Portugal midfielder. We've got you on, Alex, just to talk about Bruno. And can you just tell us a little bit about the midfielder first and foremost? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think Bruno Fernandes is probably described as, as an intelligent footballer, you know, and that really underpins his entire game, really. It means that he's regularly making the, the correct decisions at the right time. And, you know, ultimately, he, he utilises what he has in his locker to his advantage pretty much at every given opportunity. So, you know, he has that capacity to exploit opposition weaknesses. He has tremendous movement, reads the game really well. What he likes to do is, is kind of get in between the lines and find those, those pockets of space to get heavily involved in the attacking play. And then, you know, once he collects the ball, he's, he proves very effective. He's able to follow through with, with great passing range, very good dribbling. You know, so, so both in and out of position, he seems to have a really good knowledge of the game and, and, and really is so adept at, at the attacking side of the game. His numbers speak for themselves, which we'll no doubt come on to in a moment. But has it been almost a, a slow rise to stardom for him or a, a gentle rise? Because I know initially he started his career in Italy, most uh, playing mostly for, for Udinese and Sampdoria, where he did play regularly, but he didn't. He failed probably to, to really trouble the scoring charts. But since he's moved back to Portugal and gone to Sporting Lisbon, it just seems like everything's changed. Yeah, it's, it's a great point, actually. I mean, it, it's worth remembering that his first season with Sporting was was also very impressive. And, and the fact that he's been Sporting star this campaign is, is no real surprise. But as you say, the, the sheer 
scale and consistency which he's performed this season is, is certainly a, a surprise and his productivity and, and goals and assist rate is, is particularly incredible and, and I would say unanticipated as well. You know, he's really gone on and, and hit another gear in his second season at the club, particularly when you compare his performances at Sporting compared to uh, when he was in Italy as well. So what's changed? I th- yeah, I mean, I, th- I would say it's just, you know, again, obviously Portuguese football, quite different to, to Italian. You know, one of the things you could say uh, that's, that's so good about Italian football is the defensive side, which could kind of suggest why he's, he's, he's struggled a bit more to get these goals and, and assists. It's the same with, with even Ronaldo. He's, he's had, yeah, I wouldn't say a poor season. He's, he's had probably an average season by his high expectations. And that's probably just, uh, you know, a symbol of the Italian game and, and the defensive uh, mindedness of, of a lot of coaches there. But I think it's, it's probably something to do with, with um, confidence. He's still only 24, so he's probably be, you know, been progressing quite nicely in, in training and just improving uh, year on year. And I, I can only see him getting better from here. That's really encouraging to hear whoever signs him. You know, the fact that he did get 31 goals last season, I think it was 16 the season before, that undoubtedly proves his pedigree. But, you know, it is a step up from the, the Portuguese league to say the, the Premier League. Do you think he he could do it? Or do you, do you think there's a danger he might be a bit of a flash in the pan? That, yeah, and I would say that's probably the, um, the the real question question mark about him. But I think, you know, there's no reason that he, he won't be suited to the Premier League or, or that he won't be a real success at, at a higher level. You know, technically gifted footballer, he has the experience in Portugal and Italy, performed well in both. No reason why he can't go on and do it at, at an even bigger club in the future. Again, the excellent footballing brain, so naturally gifted. And, and another thing is, is he's a great professional. You know, one thing you could say probably generally about Portuguese players in general is is because of the way that they're educated from a very early age in the academies, is that they're, they're very level-headed, professional individuals. Mentality is probably one of their, their strengths and maybe one of the, the major secrets behind the nation, the national team's recent success as well. And Bruno Fernandes is no different. You know, great leadership, composed, calm. He's got all the talent in abundance. So even if things don't go his way at the start, you, you, would, you wouldn't bet against him going on to then adapt eventually and, and really find his groove. Taking all that into account, and we'll play devil's advocate a bit, say Liverpool do go to Sporting Lisbon, pay what they're asking at the, mo- uh, at the moment for Fernandes and, and make him their first signing of the summer. Did you, could you see him fitting into this Liverpool team, this Liverpool squad? Well, I mean, Liverpool play with uh, with the trio in midfield, don't they? Maybe um, Fabinho, Henderson and, and Wijnaldum or Cater, I believe. So, yes. Yeah, it... It shouldn't take too much of a tactical tweak to, to really fit Bruno Fernandes in. You know, he could play as the, the most adventurous, advanced midfielder in that trio. And then he's very adept at uh, tracking back and, and then can regain that structure when out of possession. So I think it would be pretty seamless, really, to, to fit him into that team. The, the question mark is, will he actually be able to start? Because Liverpool's midfield seems relatively stacked, especially with, with Oxlade-Chamberlain returning as well. So... It, you know he's gonna he's gonna find it difficult to to get the game plan, but when you're paying that sort of money, you expect him to to be given the chance. Most definitely. Do you see him more as a number eight then, or a number ten going going forward? Well, but he he really has shown a lot of versatility. You know, his most productive spells have undoubtedly come from playing in that uh, number ten role just behind the striker, and you know that really offers him the the freedom to roam a little more and and more ex- easily expose the um, the holes of the opposition to third. So that's unsurprisingly where he's picked up most of his goals and assists. But at the same time, you know, he's showing his willingness and capability to help out defensively too. He tracks back, good positioning, 
uh, to narrow the angles for the opposition and cut down the uh, the passing channels. And and for Portugal, and on occasion for Sporting as well, you, you do see him playing that deeper central midfield role where he's slightly more restricted and asked to play a little more defensively. But he's shown that he's more than capable of that side of the game. So I, I, I would be surprised if Liverpool changed their entire tactics to, to suit him particularly. Uh, but, you know, he would slot him just fine in that in that three in midfield, I'm sure. Obviously, he sounds an all-round player, which only probably whets the appetite further for people who are interested <laughs> in, in bringing Bruno Fernandes to the Premier League. But the goals are obviously the, the headline grabbers, and the fact that he got 31 mm. last season really has brought him to a lot of people's attentions. What kind of goals did he score? Well, yeah, I mean, some of his goals were absolutely brilliant, you know, breathtaking. Uh, he, he scored a, a terrific free kick against Benfica, from very far, very long range uh, in the semi-final of the cup, and then in the return, he scored uh, the the goal that ultimately got them to the final and basically propelled them to go on to win the cup. So he's got a, a heck of a long shot in him, that that for sure. And and you know, obviously, he he can also act as that kind of poacher in the box, run into the box from deep and then slot it in. So really, you know, he's lethal from from wherever, wherever he gets the ball on the park. Judging by a post he made on Instagram on Monday night, I know you picked up on it on your Twitter page. It does appear that he will be leaving Sporting Lisbon this summer. Yeah, uh, yeah. As you say, you know, late yesterday evening, he left a, a very nice message on social media expressing his delight at the campaign and, and said thank you to the sporting fans. And you know, ordinarily you could say this was just kind of an end of season message posted just before he goes on holiday or something, but. It had that kind of that feeling of a of a farewell message, and it was quite telling actually that he didn't make any mention of his his pride at winning the Nations League with Portugal, which basically indicates that this was a message solely for the sporting fans, and and that kind of made it appear even more like a, a goodbye message. What about his asking price? I know he's got a release clause of a hundred million euros, but is there a belief that he could be uh, he could be bought for a bit less than that? Yeah, there's been a lot of numbers thrown about, haven't there? And it's hard to tell how much he'd, he'd end up costing. But I, I'd be shocked if he cost as much as the 100 in uh, release clause. I, I would, I would assume 60 to 70 is probably, probably what Sporting will be hoping for. And, and in today's market, you have to say that that would be very good business for whoever uh, picks him up. You know, everyone's prices are heavily inflated right now. The market's kind of spiraled out of control, and it's not really caught up with with Portuguese football so much until uh, João Felix, of yeah. course, who's, who's pending to go to Atletico Madrid. Uh, but to pick up one of the, the two best-performing Portuguese players of last season for just £60 million pounds would, would be a tremendous uh, acquisition, especially considering he's an offensive player and, and still only 24 as well. Definitely. Let's talk about João Felix. We did actually have a, a quick chat about him back in April because he was one of those players linked with Liverpool and linked with the Premier League, but he won't be playing in England next season. It looks like he'll be playing in uh, Spain in La Liga because, as you mentioned there, Atletico Madrid do look like they've won the race to sign him for a little matter of £105 million. Of uh, Liverpool in the top clubs in the Premier League missed the trick, do you think, here? I mean... He, he is he is quality, and, and the fact that he's only 19 years old is, is, is pretty scary, to be honest. The way he's come on leaps and bounds this season. At the same time, 120 million is is it's it's very difficult to, to believe that anyone actually paid that. You know, it's it's absolutely smashed the Benfica record for departures. It used to be 40 million by Axel Witzel, so tripled the 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 original uh, record departure fee. Uh, it, it is a gamble, though. You know, we've seen a lot of players move. Renato Sanchez is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. He's moved from Portugal, high expectations, and hasn't really gone on to hit the heights expected. So, 
I think that the English clubs like Liverpool may have missed a real trick, but at the same time, I don't blame them at all for not taking that that risk because it's a, it's a financial gamble, certainly. And, and as good as he's been and as much promise as he's shown, it's still it is still a real risk for Atletico Madrid. We talked about Felix there. We talked about Fernandez. We've all seen. Uh, in England this year, the, the brilliance of Bernardo Silva for Manchester City. You, you tie that in with the fact that the national team have just won the Nations League after winning the European Championships. It must be a great time to be a Portugal fan. It must this, this, this looks like a golden era for the country. It, yeah, I mean, we, we thought that we'd probably miss the, the golden generation or the, the potential success we could have had from Euro 2004. We thought yes. that would be the golden generation and we missed the trick. It didn't manage to get across the line. And then this, this new generation, perhaps even better, I mean, certainly in terms of the, the sheer depth that we have in, in, in the national pool is, is, is quite scary, really. And, and yeah, Portuguese talents, uh, you know, they're, they're in high demand at the moment. They've, the fact that uh, they're double European champions now with the Nations League and the Euros in 2016 makes them very high on, on, on many people's shortlists for, for potential signings. So, yes, it's a, a brilliant time to be a Portugal fan, no doubt about it. Great stuff. Talk about another Portuguese youngster, if that's all right. And he was a bit of a, a random link to Liverpool in recent weeks. His name's <laughs> David uh, Tavares. I think hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. He plays for Benfica, but he's actually not played for the first team yet. How did this link yeah. come about with uh, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool? Yeah, it's, it's quite a fascinating story, really, and, and a terrific experience for the Benfica youngsters who, who were given the chance to take part. So, uh, basically, Liverpool were uh, interested in Tavares, and it basically stems from a practice fixture that Liverpool played against Benfica B in preparation for the Champions League final, actually, with Tottenham. Uh, Liverpool felt you know, they needed to play in a match before the final after three weeks of inactivity. And uh, they chose Benfica, really, because they had the talent to be able to mimic the Spurs setup and... You know, it was also the best possible team that offered minimal risk of any potential leaks to the opposition uh, by the media, uh, for example. So they played against Benfica, and Tavares was one of the boys that particularly impressed Klopp on that day. And, and it's quite easy to to understand why, to be honest. Yeah, what kind of player he is? I know he's not had that first team experience yet, but but the way mm. you're talking about him there, he seems like he, he's highly rated. Yeah, well, he he was very unfortunate. He was supposed to get a chance with the senior team actually at the start of last season uh, during pre-season with, under Rui Vitoria when he was manager, uh, but he suffered uh, a devastating long-term injury just before he had the chance, and and that's why he missed the majority of last campaign. Otherwise, he could have gone on to be sort of like the, the Joao Felix impact. Uh, but yeah, he's a very special player. He looks the real deal. Uh, you know, he operates in that advanced midfield role. He has the skill and movement and uh, dribbling ability to thrive in that position and the composure and link up. I mean, he really is an all-round player, which is quite impressive considering he's still only 20 years old. I hasn't even made a, a, an appearance for the Benfica senior team yet. But one thing that does separate him is he's also fairly tall and physically mm-hmm. strong, which kind of gives him an extra dimension that's, that's often lacking in, in other natural number 10s. So, you know, he's difficult to shrug off the ball combined with his dribbling pace and and proven finishing ability as well he really is a huge asset and he could have the impact that Felix had last season this season another player certainly to keep an eye on this summer Definitely. or certainly in the in the future but let's, yeah, go, let's, let's go to a Portuguese player currently at Liverpool. I know you've covered him recently. Rafael Camacho, he, he made his first team debut at the, the start of this calendar year but it does appear that he will be, he'll be leaving Liverpool. Yeah and it's, it's kind of it's, it's been unfortunate really because you know he's, he's got no chance of really being able to crack that front three in Liverpool anytime soon. Uh, he's been on the fringes and he, he desperately wants some more game time, which is understandable. It's understandable on both sides of view. 
Um, and yeah, so so he he was used as a, a right back uh, against Wolves. I remember in the FA Cup, um, and he definitely sees himself more as a, as a winger, and he wants to play in that more advanced role. Uh, and yeah, he's not he's not particularly happy at his experience at Liverpool so far, and it looks like uh, Sporting may be the the team to benefit from that. Uh, trying to get him for about 10 million euros, I believe. So that would be a great pickup for for Sporting, and, and it would be a bit of a loss for for Liverpool. You know, he does have a, a huge future ahead of him, I'm sure. Yeah, I know he's been linked with Wolves and uh, the growing Portuguese contingent has, yeah. at Molyneux, but Sporting is an interesting one. Maybe uh, a little make weight and a deal for Bruno Fernandes. You never know. Well, you know, that's actually it's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, it could be. So if you were a betting man, I don't know if you are, and if, but even if you're not, do you think Fernandes particularly will be Premier League player come come August and playing in, on our shores? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that he'll be in England next season that, that seems certain I mean there's been a lot of names thrown about you know United Liverpool City even Spurs at one point as well uh, so it looks like what I can almost guarantee one of those four will pick him up eventually at the moment it does look like Liverpool are, are the team that's in pole position to, to grab him though which would be a, a real coup I think well, I'm sure if he does sign, Liverpool fans will be delighted with what you've just said about uh, Bruno Fernandes there and for what you've said about uh, Tavares and then the insights mm-hmm. of Camacho and Portuguese football. Really appreciate it, Alex. Uh, great to have you on and no doubt we'll uh, get you back on later this summer or, or once the season starts and the Champions League comes back into Excellent. swing. Excellent. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.